How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Dan. I'm kind of in a hurry today because the last segment of the Hawk and Crowder Show went a little bit long, so I don't have as much time as I normally have, but we had to debate the greatness of the wrong Missy. Whew, that hot mess turned me on. I love the hot messes. Plus, my guy, Rob Van Winkle, a.k.a. Vanilla Ice, have an off-the-air story about him. So if you ever see me out about Funky Buddha, Titanic, a dive bar, ask me about Vanilla Ice, and I can uh, tell you some interesting stuff. Once again, I did suggest another movie for J-Fig to watch, The Wrestler, one of the greatest movies of all time. She will not watch it. I digress. On the way, Joe Rose Show talking to Kim Bocamper, Dan Lebatard Show. They got a Cody versus Cody going on. Hawk and Crowder talking to Mike Cunho. But let's get into the headlines. The Dolphins' Devontae Parker set off a war of words with the Saints' Michael Thomas after answering an Instagram poll. Both receivers are coming off career years. The Marlins will open spring training facilities for individual workouts this week. No season start date has been set yet. Tom Brady held a two-hour throwing session with teammates at a Tampa-area high school. Team facilities remain closed. The PGA Tour champions will combine the 2020 and 2021 seasons. The Boca Championship will be a non-playoff event. The Belmont Stakes will now take place June 20th in front of no fans and will be shortened from a mile and a half to a mile and an eighth. Diamondbacks outfielder Sterling Marte's wife, Noelia, has passed away after suffering a heart attack. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> FC Seoul in Korea has apologized for filling some of its stadium's empty seats with sex dolls. Who in the world okayed that? Virginia Tech has bestowed an honorary degree on a dog. Whew! Glad I don't have a degree from Batek. A Portland, Oregon med student claims to make over $5,000 a month by selling pictures of her feet. I could think of worse things you could do to put yourself through med school. Now on the weather. Tonight's forecast calls for rain with temperatures around 80. Joe Rose Show this morning. Catching up with another South Florida legend, Kim Bocamper. What's the game plan for the reopen? They'll discuss that. Which sports will return first? And the Tua game plan. Uh, Don Shula passed away, but um, how you been doing since then? Everything okay with you and the family? Everything's good. Did a little traveling. Got, got out of town a little bit. Took a little drive and uh, did that, but uh, back here and ready to go. And it's kind of happy that things are starting to open up a little bit. And, and then maybe we can inch our way a little bit look closer to uh, normalcy here in the, in the next 
week, month, or how long it's going to take. Mo, you know what's so funny? I just said, how good would it be to watch a sporting event sitting at boat campers with a big, tall, ice-cold draft of about the 200 that you have there (laughs) and just sitting there all day getting a half a buzz watching games and eating a big, fat cheeseburger. That's where I was, Uh, Bo. That's that's what I was thinking, man. That sounds like life, doesn't it? Can we get a side side of wings also with that, Bo? Some ribs? No no doubt. No no Uh, doubt, yeah. No, as I say, when you guys going to open up, and what's what's the game plan? Getting our getting them going again. Yeah, you know, we've been planning to reopen. We we kind of switched into reopening mode really probably about three weeks ago. Kind of saw this coming a little bit, and so we've been working pretty hard. We would brought people back to work, which was really really the one thing that we want to do: get as many of our employees back to work as possible. So we've got uh, a bunch of our employees back to work, and really spent the last couple of weeks just kind of you know spit polishing every one of our restaurants. You know, getting everything clean, getting everything prepared, and so we're going to open up uh, all of our restaurants uh, other than. Uh, other than the balcony of Las Olas, the pub in Las Olas, uh, all the, the Bo Camper sports bars, uh, Bo's Beach, we're all going to open tomorrow, Wednesday at, uh, at noontime for regular business. So we're, we're excited about it. And, you know, we're, uh, we really, the, these last couple of days, we, we spent, you know, doing extra training with our staff, making sure they know what to do. And, you know, we're certainly going to make it, make it comfortable for the people that come uh, to ensure that everything is clean and everything is is done properly and everyone's spaced the right way and, and all that. So uh, so we're, we're excited. We're excited about getting back. We've got a lot of people who come in and they're supporting us with uh, takeout and delivery orders, and we thank them for that. And hopefully we can thank them by, by getting. I think we're we think we're putting uh, you know as the weeks go by, probably pretty soon. We may I've got a library of old Dolphin games. We might just start kind of playing those at, at night and stuff, and, and do some yes. of that stuff just to get just to get a little sports on TV. Yeah. How about uh, Bo's Beach, man? Uh, for anybody who hadn't been to that second floor, where the bar faces in, and while you're sitting at that bar, you're looking right out at the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, that's where we're going this weekend. Marg and I are going to go over there to uh, to sit on the second. Are you guys going to be open there, though, too, Bo, with everything? Yeah, we'll be open the second floor. The bars aren't going to be open. That's that's kind of part of the mandate from the uh, the state, and, and I think everybody in the country that's opening up aren't opening up their bars, but we still have enough seating around that area to where everyone's going to get a good view. It's going to be a great place. And, and you know, our, our, our the, the beach in particular is basically an outdoor restaurant. You know, all the sides are open, and so you got that good feeling about being outside. And, you know, really, all of our restaurants we've got outside seating and and on the water. So I think it. Uh, I think everyone's going to enjoy. I think everyone's going to enjoy getting back. I actually went to a friend of mine's restaurant last night that opened up, and uh, and, and they're doing all the right things, and, and it was just nice to. You know what? I, I think this is something people can uh, agree with. It was nice to go somewhere. Not have to go to a grocery store and shop for food. Not have to cook it. Not have to clean up when you're done. Just go in, sit down, order a good meal, eat it, and get yeah. up and say, hey, thanks a lot. We'll see you guys next time. You know, It's been a long yeah. time since, since we've been able to do that. Did you go last night, man? I'm not going to let you off because I know all your buddies. <laughs> and, and nobody eats at restaurants more than this guy. This guy eats at re- – he goes out. Listen, he where'd you go? To my good friend Angelo at Casa D'Angelo and uh, – yeah. Bomba, the chef there, who's always been good to us, and uh, they're really one of my favorite places. So yeah. and they always support us. They're the guys, the cooks, and the chef. Uh, they always come over to our places when we have uh, have the fights on MMA and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we always like to support them. So that was our first. That was our first trip back. We we got we look. It's been a long time. We got a few lined up now. We got a lot we got to get to here over the next. Uh, right next few months or so but uh yeah it, it was really nice i, I you know the, the just the experience getting back to that experience and yep. 
and doing it again was kind of just kind of little getting back to normal a little bit, you know. And you thought uh, we were going to talk sports the whole damn time. I'm sitting here talking about food and atmosphere. Hey, no, and just please, out, I, man. I, yeah, no, I was so jealous. About food going out for a long time. Yeah. Right. I was so jealous. I was going to follow up with what you order. Like that's 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 how far yeah. I was going to go with that. It was right. pretty good yeah. stuff. I can tell you that. I'm sure it was. I'm already jealous already, Bo. <laughs> this guy Bo, got favorites everywhere he goes. Right. Right. Bo goes. I always get this here. <laughs> All right, Bo. So we're getting we're getting the restaurants open. We're getting things back yeah. open. Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. Who's the first to come back out of those three? Do you think that we're going to be watching at a Bo Campers Bar first live? Well, you, you know, you got all the NBA teams going back, right? I mean, they're, they're kind of you know they're, they're opening the doors for them. They seem to be like the first in. Major League Baseball, I think, is still trying to trying to figure out what they're going to do and, and how they're going to get it done properly. If I was to guess, I, I would probably say basketball would come back a, a little bit sooner. Although baseball. It's been so bad. I've been watching. I don't know if you've watched any of the Korean baseball that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that ESPN, but I've watched. A, I've watched a couple games of Korean baseball, and, and and you know it's not bad. They put they they put like cardboard people in the stands, and you know they pump in the noise, and you know and the, and the games are like you know thirteen to twelve. You know, there's a lot of scoring and stuff, and so they've got it going. So maybe it's a maybe that's a. a you know, maybe they've got a good map for Major League Baseball to get themselves back on. But I, I just think we can all feel that it's going to be sooner than later. Things are happening, and you know, hopefully our country can continue to work on something to relieve this virus, something so we can test better and get everybody, make sure everyone's safe. And uh, it's been, you know, I've been spending a lot of time riding my bike here while we're during during this whole pandemic, and you can just see people out, they just want to get out and do something uh, back to normal, and and I think we're getting closer and closer and closer. I I would just say that if you're going to go out and go to restaurants and do do the right thing, wear your mask when you go in, do all those things, because we certainly don't want to go back to where we were even, you know, a week ago uh, with this pandemic. Hey, Bo, a couple things here with the Dolphins real quickly. How do you think they'll handle this tour in the first year? What would be your – there's been a zillion articles while you were out of town. What what do you think the game plan will be for Tua with this uh, front office and coaching staff? You know, Joe, my, my experience with injuries in, in, in the NFL or in, in general is, you know, if it's a, you know, if it's a, you know, if it's an ACL kind of a situation, I think you worry about how that player is going to be when he comes back. You know, Tua had broken bones. You know, his ankle. You know, he had his ankle situation, then the hip, and those those two are to me are broken bones. And when when a bone when a doctor says your bones healed, it's healed. It's not like it's any weaker than it was before. So that being said, I would think that the way, uh, unless he still has some lingering issues, with none of which none of us know because our dog, the Dolphins doctors haven't been able to see him, and good report from the doctor that he saw. But but really, the Dolphins haven't had a chance to put their hands on him uh, as of this point. But but being being that he's where the where his doctor said he was. You know, I think that puts you in a situation where you go in, you start training camp. Hey, the job's up for grabs. Certainly, when you when when drills start and, and you start doing things, Fitzpatrick is the guy that's going to be the first guy. You know, with the with the first team. But then just let the chips fall where they may. If you know, if the season rolls around, the preseason games get get played. If if they do or not, and then when the, whenever the season starts, you make your decision who your starter is. And, uh, and and if it's Tua, then then it's Tua. If it's if it's Fitzpatrick, it's Fitzpatrick, and, and just play it that way. I just think that's I think it's the best way to do it. And now that that being said, you know if there is some lingering injury situation, then then you do have that that capability of just look going with Fitzpatrick all year, letting Tua heal up more a little bit if that's needed. But uh, but I think if if all if all things being equal. Uh, I think you just go in and, 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 and let them play. To me, it's probably a little bit like 
like when Dan Marino came in with with David Woodley, and, right. and you know everyone kind of knew everyone kind of knew Danny was the better quarterback, but it was just a matter of when was the right time to make the move. And they and I think that, I think Coach Shula handled it properly. I think what about I don't know how many games it was in the season, but we're getting beat up by Oakland or somebody, and he decided to throw Danny <laughs> in, and that was it. But that was but that was the right it was the right time, you know. Yeah. And I, and I think this I think this team I think this organization they've they've invested a lot of money. They went through a lot to get that that pick. Uh, you know, giving away, you know, trading players, letting players go, doing all the things they did. You know, I think they've done they've done everything they needed to do. Now's not the time to to jump the gun on him if he's not ready. But again, like I said, all being said, if he's ready to go, then here's one football. One of you guys going to end with end up with an opening day. We'll let the best man win. You you don't expect he's going to beat out Fitzpatrick though. If if we're working off experience and, and everything off the start, because you you might be right. Coach Flores might just say, "Hey, fellas, media, so you guys stop right now. This is an open competition. Uh, yeah. They're both going to go out, but you don't expect. I expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the starter too. I, I do. Too. I think I think on opening day, I would expect Ryan to be the starter. If they have a normal training camp, if they have a even if Joe, even if they have a a shortened training camp to some degree. At some point, everyone's going to get the opportunity to watch those two on the football field compete to, to get ready. And and you know what? When 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 the season starts, you've watched Tua, and you go, man, this guy, I don't know, this guy, I don't know, this guy, you, you see that pass? Ooh, wow, did you see that? Ooh, God, that was pretty good. <laughs> you, you, know, you get a little bit of those things going, yeah. and, then, and then you go into the season, and I would, I would, I would think that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the starter. But – Depending on what Tua has done along the, the road, right? You know, the, the leash. You know, the 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 leader for uh, for Ryan may get a little shorter and shorter. Yeah, the true. better Tua looks at practice every day. Well, that's what happened with Marino. I mean, we saw those passes, yeah. Bo. You saw him every day. We saw him as yeah. he's throwing the ball, and you're going, "Hey, Dave." And I had Woodley as my roommate, and I was, and and wow. even David started smoking more cigarettes and and drinking more <laughs> beer. Going, this ain't gonna be lasting long, man. Well, that dude, well, that dude well, out of pit the- could throw it. You know, with these with this virus, there's underlying situations, right? You know, do you have a little, you know, are you, are you, or is your health not so good, or whatever? Or are you are you over 65? There's underlying concerns you have. I would just say this: David has more underlying concerns than Tua is going to have going into training camp. So, yeah. I said I was going to stop, of, man. So I could stop. David I hope, lot, they, I hope, yeah, David had a lot of underlying stuff there that everyone could see. You know, he'd be a hell of a project for those guys behind the scenes today, for sure. Hey, so, uh, so you imagine, you imagine uh, if uh, you imagine if uh, if, uh, if Hard Knocks was there when uh, during David's uh, <laughs> training camp. Not a different, a lot of different things. That would have been crazy. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, real quickly, offensive line. We got Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, Solomon yeah. Kinley. You expect two out of three of those guys to start? I do. I do. You know, Joe, to me, Joe, an offensive lineman, Joe, is a little bit different than a lot of other positions. To me, I kind of believe in him. If you got, you know, you went out and got one of these offensive linemen, if you think he's going to be the guy, just put him in there and let him play. Let, let him play. You know, they did it with Michael Dieter last year, and he had some, you know, he did some good things, did some not so good things. But, you know, he comes back this year with a lot of experience. You know, he knows what to expect. Guy had to get stronger. That's some things he's got to do. But, you know, with these guys, you know, it, it's, it, it was pretty clear after the draft that, that these guys want to have a big, mauling, strong, big. I think they're 6'6", six, six, 300 across the board, you know, 300 plus across the board. And, and so if that's what you want, get them in there, start making your offensive line, you know, live with the, live with the growing parents, pains of these young guys. But you, you got to remake this offensive line. And, you, and that's exactly what you went out and did in the draft. So those guys, to me, I have no problem putting those guys in day one 
and making him a starter. I think I think when you go back to the history of of draft choices, going back to you know from when the time that I that I came in in seventy, you know John Geeser came in first round pick, started immediately. Uh, Richmond Webb started immediately. Keith Sims started immediately. Roy Foster started immediately. You know all these guys, you just throw them in there. They, they can practice all they want until they get into a game. Yeah. It's, it's no different than a quarterback, but more different position. But you know those guys are. They, Especially with the way they practice now, Joe. How do you get better when when you're not wearing pads at all? So you know, get them in the game, let them make their mistakes, let them look at it on tape, let them fix their mistakes, let them understand what they're doing. <clears throat> but I think, yeah, I would expect that that when we see the the first unit out there, it's going to look. Uh, Completely different than what we saw last year. Completely different. Bo, man, it's been great having you, man. We uh, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, Bo Campers, open for business tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Hey, if you go to the beach on Sunday, Saturday or over the weekend, let me know. I'll, I'll meet you over there six feet apart. Maybe with okay. you, maybe it's eight feet apart. Maybe you got that. Maybe that <laughs> dome up top. You need to get a spread. You need to See, spread man, out a little more with you. But you, you know. know what? I wasn't in color my hair. Now I might color my hair. Now that you're going to do that because I'm looking all gray. Now I'm putting that all black right. jet black on. I'll see you both. Thank you. There you go. Later. If there's anyone that's going to get us closer to normal, it's Kim Camper. Never normal on the Dan Levitard show. I believe there was a poll question. Who is more amazing? <laughs> Who is more amazing? Jordan came in at about 70% yeah, 70% more amazing, 70%. which I don't think is a stat. I don't no, think. That is a strong feeling. The great debate in just a few minutes on the Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. On this day in 1951, the great Joey Ramone, born, unfortunately taken from us all too soon, 2001, due to complications from lymphoma. Love the Ramones. Also love the Dan Levitard Show. Earlier today, they're talking about Devontae Parker versus Michael Thomas, and that's spawning Cody versus Cody. John Stockton, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, and LeBron will lie. Greg Cody and Chris Cody have a family dispute going on in terms of the Devontae Parker, uh, Michael Thomas beef that has gone back and forth here. Um, I don't want to give you the details again. Just know that on social media, the wide receiver for the Dolphins and the best wide receiver in terms of production in the NFL are going back and forth. Cody, we cut you with a hard network out. Uh, so go ahead and tell us all the things that you told us after you were off air when we cut you off earlier. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when I got cut off, but I was mentioning that he picked sort of the wrong guy to pick on, Devontae Parker did, uh, because Michael Thomas is arguably the best receiver in the league, unquestionably top three or top five. Devontae Parker, until the middle of last season, was thought to be pretty much a, a first-round draft bust by a lot of Dolphins fans, so he came on very late to have a good half season and now he's talking a lot of smack to a guy who's uh, of a much greater stature than him. I, I love that he did it. It's great to talk about. It's interesting for any sort of a dolphin to be in the news for any reason uh, having to do with competitiveness. But in this case, it's just sort of weird the guy he picked on for, for the reason he did. And what are you objecting to there, Chris? 
I mean, he's, t- I mean, I thought you're not supposed to beef down. What is Michael Thomas doing? Like, first of all, the options were, would you rather be defended by Gilmore of the Patriots or of Michael Thomas? Obviously, being in the same division, Devontae Parker has a familiarity with the Gilmore, the cornerback from the Patriots. He's just answered. He, he didn't say anything negative about Michael Thomas. It just, after you read all this, Michael Thomas comes off incredibly poor. And it's just very, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you beefing down? It's just a bad look for Michael Thomas. There is a viral video going around of um, I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing that it's uh, the remake of Inside Stuff is where this happened because John Stockton was asked uh, he was asked on a Zoom call uh, what player in today's NBA uh, he his game uh, reminds him of himself and his answer and I think he was the only white man on this call of 15 Hall of Famers okay it's 15 Hall of Famers. I think I have this right, all right? It was Patrick Ewing. It was Grant Hill. It was David Robinson. It was Dominique Wilkins. It was Clyde Drexler. It was Shaquille O'Neal. It was Carl Malone. It was Reggie Miller, Mitch Richmond, Gary Payton, Charles Barkley, and rather inexplicably, Muggsy Bogues. Uh, so far, you're right. None of those guys you just named are white. Uh, that is correct. Thank you, Stu Gatz. But John Stockton is, and he is short, and he is white, and he said that the guy that reminds him the most of him is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And um, <laughs> the way those Hall of Famers roared, the way that they <laughs> laughed, it is really something that is fun to watch. And I don't know if John Stockton just deadpan this, but... I had the impression watching it, at least initially, that he was serious, which is a ridiculous comparison. <laughs> no, I think he was going for the deadpan joke. But he is really good at deadpan comedy. He yeah. pulled everybody else on the Zoom. Who knew? Stockton, sense of humor. I mean, who knew? So put it on the poll, Guillermo, at Lebetard Show. Who knew John Stockton's sense of humor, yes or no? Uh, and tell us why it is that you think LeBron James is a liar. What is it that you've been moaning about today? I mean, liar is a bit of a strong word. I'm just questioning. I don't know if you saw in the uninterrupted yesterday. LeBron was talking about what happened the season of the lockout. And Dan, I don't know if you caught this on the last dance, but Michael Jordan played baseball for a little bit, right? So that became kind of a thing. How good would Michael Jordan be in Major League Baseball? Could he have made it to Major League Baseball? So LeBron kind of just volunteered to us like, yeah, during my lockout season, I was going to try out to be a football player. I actually changed my workouts to be a football player. I was going to go to the NFL. And I'm just kind of wondering how much of that has to do with Michael Jordan playing baseball in this documentary coming out of Michael Jordan playing baseball. Also, you won't be surprised to find this out. Jerry Jones offered him a contract, and he framed it, and it's hanging in his office. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's hear this sound in LeBron James's own voice here, because I do believe LeBron James is doing some of this stuff because he's not happy with the amount of shine that Michael Jordan is such getting and so he is saying things like this that he has never said before was football ever even a thought for you during that year you know what to be honest pr it it actually was um i had no idea how long the lockout was going to be and and myself and my trainer my man says we we really started to started to actually train to be a football player when it came to like October and November. We started to clock our times with the 40s. We started to add a little bit more in our bench presses and things of that nature. We started to add more sled into our to our agenda with our with our uh, workouts. And, uh, you know, Mike kept 
talk about, you know, it'd be great to go down to Irvine, Texas. You know, it'd be great to go to Irvine, Texas. You know, Mike is, you know, he, he's from Texas. Die Cowboy fans. Die you know, he's like, it'd be, it'd be great to go down there, down there to Dallas, you know, and suit it up for the Cowboys. How great that'll be. You know, the thoughts came into my mind. The thoughts came into my mind, but, uh, you know, never, um, having the ability to finish my high school career of playing like my senior year. I have dreams all the time about playing football. And it's like, it's crazy because I actually never run on the field in my dreams. It always gets to the point where I'm either in the locker room or getting dressed or talking about it or seeing the fans. Soon as I run about to run on the field, something else happens in my dream. It's like something that, yeah, it, it always happens like that. But yeah, you, you absolutely right. Did you get the call from Bron saying, "Hey, I might want to do this"? <laughs> I did not, but I know he got a contract from Jerry Jones uh, that he framed and put in his office. Mike Ryan still bitter, uh, just mumbled under his breath. Not the first time LeBron failed to show up in Dallas. Yes, to God. This whole thing, though, uh, that's funny, Mike. This whole thing has been unfair to LeBron James. I mean, he put together the whole graduation thing the night before the final two episodes. Barack Obama's given a commencement speech. It was a great, great thing that LeBron did. And then we quickly forgot it because the final two episodes of The Last Dance aired the very next night. And then right after the final two episodes, where you're at max Michael Jordan, right? Scott Van Pelt is doing sports center polls comparing their games and everyone is choosing Jordan. I'm sorry. Jordan was the better player. He wasn't the better passer. It was like 70%. Michael Jordan, who's the better passer? Him or LeBron? And LeBron just can't win. You can't do that right after the docuseries. Everyone's going to vote for Jordan. I actually found myself feeling terrible for LeBron. I did. I believe there was a poll question. Who is more amazing? <laughs> Who is more amazing? Yes, Jordan came in at about 70% yeah, 70% more amazing. 70%. I don't think it's a stat. No, that is a strong feeling. 70% is a strong majority. They felt more amazed by Michael Jordan. Advanced, uh, advanced metrics do not account for amazing. Not yet. Um, it's not even a 2K slider. I can't set somebody's amazing to 99. Chris Cody, you had something that you wanted to say here your father also wanted to say something hopefully it's not the same thing we all do we all agree that lebron if they do end up playing playoff basketball this season is going to end up with some sickness that's worse than food poisoning right uh, to play through something that's worse than f- food poisoning careful says mike ryan uh dangerous joke to be making at this time uh once again you have no future in this business uh, your father though uh what is you're gonna go to, to him what is yes i'm gonna go to greg cody to close out the segment. I really admired what LeBron did. I'm glad Stugatz mentioned it because what he did for those graduates who didn't get their graduation, I thought was a great program. Very emotional, well-timed. And I also agree that um, a poll is all about timing and it should be much closer. Yeah, I can agree that Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. But to me, the gap between he and LeBron should not be a 70-30 thing. Uh, I think LeBron, for all of the credit he's gotten, is underrated whenever it comes to these comparisons with MJ. You know what? They should have done those polls right after the graduation ceremony that LeBron put together. That would have been a much fairer representation. <laughs> and then they would have voted 70-30 that LeBron, by the advanced metrics, was more amazing. Speaking of amazing and the greatest, Hawk and Crowder joined by Mike Cugno next. Which one of them is the greatest? 
We'll find out on the Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Happy birthday to ZZ Top bassist Dusty Hill 71. Bow, 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 bow. Hawk and Crowder, they're chopping it up earlier with Mike Cunho. Let's get into it. Right, Chiar. Let's go to Mike Cunho. Who's your better uh, broadcast partner, Crowder? Me or Mike Cunho? Or Chris Whittingham? You've got three broadcast partners. You do the Dolphins pregame show on the radio. That's with Chris Whittingham. You do a daily sports talk show with me. And you do the Dolphins postgame show on television, CBS4, with Mike Cunho. Who is your better broadcast partner? Jim Barry. Excellent answer. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) That is well done. Boy, either make it John Congemi or you're going to be in trouble here. Mike Cunho, the aforementioned Mike Cunho. He is a sports anchor and reporter for CBS 4. He does host the Dolphins postgame show on CBS 4 with Crowder. Who's your best broadcast partner, uh, Cunho? I actually do the Dolphins pregame show, so I get to spend more time with Congemi. Spend most of my time with with Bo Camper, so I'd probably go with with Bo Camper because of the Dolphin stuff uh, in the in the morning. But you know, and he'd crush you. He'd crush you like a grape if you didn't say him. So, but yeah, it's really out of fear. My most of my answers in life are just driven out of what's the safest way out of this conversation. (laughs) He's one. He's one of the scariest ex players of all time. Like I like I don't know how he's got to be in his sixties now, right? Yeah, I mean, he I don't is know. He looks like physically... he put his hand in the dirt still. Right? He's physically imposing. That dude, Kim Bocamper, is legit scary, right? He is. He's he's still built like a house. Like, he's got the broad shoulders of any human being I've ever seen. Yeah, he's getting up there in age, and he still walks in into a room. You're like, oh, this is a, this is a large human. This guy for sure plays football. <laughs> you don't get that with Crowder anymore. Wow, he's taking shots already at the Mike. tugboat. Mike, well, what's you know, going on you know, here, I was, on that, I was on the list, and I didn't even get mentioned. He went, he went away from the list uh, that you gave him there in the beginning. Like, wow, he went off the that. board. Cuno throws bows, man. He th- but Cuno, he does help me out. Cuno watches out for me, makes sure I'm clean before the, you know, before we go in the studio. But Jim Cuno, he takes me to the side. He talks to me about life. He talks to me about career. Like he's more of a mentor than you. You just make fun of me at every turn, pretty much. He talk. He talks to you about life. He makes me go and get him coffee. I've been working with this guy for like six years. <laughs> Our wives know each other. I go to his. You know, he he hosts events. I go to his events, Mike. Be honest, Mike, you might not be as nice as me. It seems like me and Jim's relationship is is, is budding before y'all's have. I got to go talk to somebody. I might be getting replaced over there. <laughs> Jim Jim Barry strikes me as someone who wears a very nice, expensive cologne. Smells well, delicious. I'm not, I'm not smelling them. Um, well, I mean, listen, okay. you got a very nice, expensive cologne. It's hard to miss. Like, I, I would submit to you, Kimbo Camper, not wearing uh, cologne. Kimbo Camper, mm-hmm. he smells like... Uh, uh, food at his restaurants. Fry grease? <laughs> what is that, Kim? Is that fry grease you're wearing? <laughs> uh, Mike Cunho from CBS4 is with us. So there's a couple things on the, the docket today. We wanted to ask you about both of them. I'll start with the Dolphins, as long as we're talking about the Dolphins. So Devontae Parker got into a little mm-hmm. Instagram beef. And by the way, he didn't ask for it. Devontae Parker was just answering an online poll. Michael Thomas jumped in there. What was your take on what went down on social media? For, uh, for people that don't know and we've talked about it but for people that don't know Devonte answered a question on the nfl on fox instagram account which is tougher make a catch while guarded by stefan gilmore or break up a pass 
while defending Michael Thomas. And Devontae goes with the Stephon Gilmore. Uh, I mean, first of all, that's some good interdivision trash talk there. And and uh, But Michael Thomas just told him, yeah, like, bro, you, you don't have a, a say in this. He says, for you, yes, go run some numbers up, then you can talk. I lapped you, and you've been in the league longer than me, first rounder. And then Devontae Parker responded with, got some hard feelings there, brother? Let me get targeted 300 times a game. And then Michael Thomas comes back, in other words, you're weak. They don't even put your name in the same sentence as me. Remember that. And then uh, by by the end, he... Uh, he just told them you don't have a seat at the table, which is pretty uh, pretty demoralizing, I guess. Yeah. So what what's your well, how do you uh, how do you marinate on all this? Well, the funny part, the way it started was Devontae Parker answered with a singular letter. He just went right. A as for option A. He never added Michael Thomas. He never said any like it wasn't difficult to break up a pass when you're guarding Michael Thomas. It's the oddest thing. Michael Thomas, obviously one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but he's got this weird trigger where he needs <laughs> to go at people on social media. I don't know if it's a motivation thing, but if it's you like remember, a Michael Jordan thing. But but like this is kind of this kind of weak. No, I mean he called it, he called Devontae Parker weak. This is kind of weak to just kind of create something out of nowhere. Like Michael Jordan would take it from a game or if someone slighted him, like like someone I think it was Carl didn't say hi to him at a restaurant and he took that as a personal insult. So I don't like I, I don't mind you deriving some motivation from there. But Devontae Parker just selecting it. and then the, the best part about it is is there was no like personal attack from Devonte parker's end ever towards michael thomas right michael just kept going at him and at him bringing up numbers and stats and and Devontae's like okay all right someone's in their feelings right like what are you doing and if you've if anyone's ever spoken to Devonte parker pre-game post-game he is one of the softest spoken guys you'll ever meet he really doesn't mix it up you know, in press conferences, he doesn't really put anything out there. He's just a really soft-spoken guy. So to me, the whole thing was hilarious. And Michael Thomas, you go back to the playoffs this this year. I remember he he got all up in it with some Vikings fans saying, "Yeah, you guys won the game, but I caught seven seven passes." Like, okay, you caught seven passes in a loss in a playoff game. Why? Like, where where did this like trash talking come from? Why are you touting your stats about this? And Michael Thomas is. For as good as a receiver he is, he's even more interesting character when it comes to social media. But it's it, but but Mike, you said he just likes going at people. It's not a, it's not you know John six seven four blue in his basement. This is a peer. This is another number one receiver in the league going with the defensive back over the receiver. Why are you speaking on me? Now, I can I can see but he's where not Michael's speaking from. on him. Yes, he, he is. Yeah. said he literally wrote one letter A. Is it harder to defend me or is it harder to catch a ball on him? Oh, it's way harder to catch a ball on him. You took a shot at me. As John 674, no, it's not. As a he as another a. receiver. He, and he you're saying shot. that and he is saying that Stefan Gilmore is a better corner than Michael Thomas is a receiver. I I could I know exactly why Michael got hot. Yeah, but like is it is it enough to get you hot that you have to start a whole It's like one of the top stories on ESPN. I think we even did an article about it. Like it got you that hot that all that that it brought so much. You need to bring so much attention to it. So now everybody and their mother is writing about this story. And for the most part, it, the the consensus is, wow, Michael Thomas really really went overboard. 
it's not like anyone's like having his back on this one. I imagine <laughs> Devontae Parker like looking at his phone, going, "Huh, what did I say?" Like looking back, did okay. I did I write something that I I don't remember? He looks back, he's like, "I wrote A." Like like I didn't <laughs> but, even yeah. I didn't even How mention letter? Stephon Gilmore's name. I wrote A. He's it's very close to B. A is close <laughs> to B. How many other NFL receivers got involved with the poll? Zero. Zero. It was Devontae alone taking a shot at Mike and how Mike He was it. taking a shot more at Stephon Gilmore, I think. No, he was praising him. He was saying yeah. it's harder to catch a ball on him than defend Mike. Yeah, that's he was saying he was saying it was hard. He wasn't saying it was easier to catch. Yeah, but still, Crowder, like where how does how did first of all, Michael Thomas had to think, Wow, that pissed me off so much. I need to go on Instagram and defend myself as a player. We all know you're probably the one of the top three best wide receivers in the NFL. You don't need to tell anybody that. We know. I don't. He drums up these like this motivation on social media. It's not just Devontae Parker. He does it with other people online too. It's just the oddest thing that. He needs to manipulate picture the situation. Him, like, so talking that, to his friends. So that, Could you picture him calling Drew Brees? Go, hey, yo, you are not going to believe this man. Devontae <laughs> Parker on Instagram just wrote A. But that's the other thing. Thank you for mentioning Drew Brees. Like, are you really going to compare your numbers when you've been with the future Hall of Famer at quarterback your entire career? Like, come on, man. Like, you, you, don't, need, you don't need this kind of attention. So funny to me. What a weird uh, <laughs> what a weird thing to transpire. Devontae Parker not looking for trouble at all. And Mike, no. Michael Thomas, like, scouring the internet like he's uh, – Who's that guy on Dateline that used to look for all the the, the criminal? Chris Hansen. Oh. <laughs> Michael Thomas. <laughs> he's scouring the internet like Chris Hansen going, oh, I think I got a perp here. This guy said, hey. The best part is that, is that Devontae just kept it going. That, to me, is the funniest part. Like, he just, but he never he really lit into you. him. I mean, and you no, can't. Like, you he could, was just like, you, right. But he was going, like, three-word responses. And then, and then Michael Thomas goes on a paragraph diatribe. Like, about stats. All right. The other thing we wanted to bring you on, uh, Mike Cuno from CBS4. Uh, today is Mario Chalmers' birthday. And mm. Solana loves, when I tell you loves Mario Chalmers. And I started the show today by asking the question, does he look at Mario Chalmers in a way that, that, that I think most Heat fans look at Udonis Haslam, which is representing everything right about the Miami Heat. And Udonis Haslam, one day, I believe, jersey, his uh, jersey will hang from the rafters. Solana believes Mario Chalmers' jersey should be hanging from the rafters. Can you, in, with the, in 20 seconds, Solana, can you just give your rationale? Part of the organization from his rookie year, he uh, came out of college, huge shot, comes to the but Heat. But he didn't starts, even spend his, I'm sorry to interrupt, but he didn't even spend his entire career with them. Only have 20 seconds here, Hawk. Starts all 82 games. But when you say season. part of the organization since his rookie year, anyone is part of an organization since their rookie year up until they're no longer part of the organization. It's, it's like it's a nonsensical stat. Only 10 seconds left, Cunha, so I'll wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, two-time NBA champion. Like Dexter Pittman was part of the organization his rookie year. Two-time NBA champion as a starting point guard for a team that uh, won two championships, and he was a huge focal point of that team. He, you could argue, he was the fifth option on that team, a starter. <laughs> the fifth option. Fifth. The fifth. fifth option. 
option. He was and he, he was outplayed the best player he, he, of the Big Four. Yeah. Right, right, and he outplayed <laughs> he outplayed Mike Bibby. Even though Spo chose Mike Bibby to start in 2011, he All outplayed right. him Mike coming Cugno, off the bench. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to uh, make you sit through that. What is Mario Chalmers in the pantheon of the Miami Heat? What is Mario Chalmers? He's what Michael Jordan was to the Chicago Bulls. You know you're the best player on the floor. Hawk and Crowder went long, so I'm going short. Doug Plagan's next, replaying you one great Panthers game from the past. I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. It's Dan Day on the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 